Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Welcome in to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. My name is Joel Silverberg. Thank you so much for checking out the KIB pod. Whether you're doing so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. They have so much for you in terms of coverage in the SPHL, the ECHL, the AHL, and Knoxville's been getting results in all three of those leagues. Knoxville's had a couple of players called up to the AHL. You've seen some former Ice Bears that have played in the American Hockey League back during the preseason. Obviously, a handful of players have appeared in games in the ECHL this season, both current and former Ice Bears. And then, obviously, the coverage in the Southern Professional Hockey League where the Ice Bears are rolling right now, and Field Pass Hockey can set you up with all of that, photo galleries, live game broadcasts, and so much more. Fieldpasshockey.com is their website. Be sure to download the Field Pass Hockey mobile app on the App Store and on Google Play. Knoxville coming off a huge win on the road down in Huntsville. No, this is not a repeat of the episode from two weeks ago. This is a brand new episode after the Ice Bears get a Tuesday win over Huntsville in a shootout. Knoxville picks up another win in which it trails in the third period, and the Ice Bears have their third consecutive shootout win after dropping their first two on the year to Huntsville on November 10th and then on the road at Peoria on December 10th. Christian Stead lights out in this game. Jared Nash ties the game in the third period. Stefan Brucato with the lone shootout winner. A fantastic effort all around from Knoxville, and now the Ice Bears have won seven games in a row And we'll take a closer look at the SPHL standings and get a look at what's happening around the SPHL later on in the episode. But Knoxville finally has itself in position for something that really nobody in the league has had in in quite some time so far this season. But Knoxville going on the road last night, coming off a shorter weekend after they played a three on three and three Around the time of New Year's, they only had to play once over the weekend. They played Saturday against Vermilion County and then had Sunday and Monday to get ready for Huntsville. Huntsville missing some pieces. We, we've talked about Bauer Nordecker and Max Molosic being on call-ups to the ECHL. Those two guys are still up there. Cole Reginato was gone for a couple of days but then was back for this game on Tuesday. And Nolan Kaiser serving a lengthy suspension right now. Uh, for physical abuse of an official that was announced by the league last week. So Huntsville, without a a couple of key pieces, but with as loaded as that team is, still had Side Nutkovic, still had their captain Tyler Piacentini, still had the league's leading goal scorer and point scorer overall in Jacob Barber, still had Rob Dara, still had Reginato, and some of the new pieces that they've added have fit into their system quite well in a short amount of amount of time. I was really impressed with Dylan Riley. I thought Kyle Clark play, played a pretty good game. And you have some of the usual suspects that you've seen throughout the season as well. Sam Williams, Tier Thompson, 
uh, Elliot St. Pierre, who's newer after being acquired from Evansville, Christian Fagus and Nick Calpuzos, who have been there, Dominic Procopio, uh, who's been a solid defenseman for them this season. Then, of course, Hunter Vorva in net who had a fantastic night despite the loss. Vorva was outstanding. Christian Stead was unbelievable for Knoxville. And just an all-around great defensive performance where there were great scoring chances throughout the game. Goalies weren't bending. Knoxville, I think, missed on a couple of key opportunities where it could have won the game in regulation. Uh, Dino Balsamo almost won it at one point with a, a redirect right on the right side of the crease and just couldn't get the puck turned on net after a nice backdoor feed. It looked like McVeigh was going to have an opportunity right in front of the net. He just sent it wide on a wraparound. You had Stefan Brucato at one point in the game where he's got a little bit of clearance right in front of the crease and seemed to get hooked on the play, but nothing was called, and Brucato ends up not getting the shot off. But little things here and there that ultimately contributed to one of the best goaltender duels that I think we've had in the SPHL this season. I won't say the best because I, I can't speak on behalf of the entire league throughout the course of the season thus far. I know there's been uh, some some good one nothing and 2-1 to games throughout the course of the year, but I think Christian Stead might have delivered the best goaltending performance. Even though we've, we've had a, a handful of shutouts this season, Stead might have turned in the best individual goaltending performance by a Knoxville goalie so far this season. So... Knoxville gets the win two to one on the road. Nutkovich, after a scoreless first period, scores about four minutes into the second. Piacentini wins a wall battle at the half wall, chips the puck back behind the net. Riley's able to shake a man back in the trapezoid, feeds the puck from behind the cage back to Nukovic in front. There's not much Stead can do. It's actually a really nice play by Riley to win that wall battle and then Nukovic to turn in through the slot and find some real estate. And Knoxville's trailing one to nothing. And, and the high scoring chances are kind of slowing down for Knoxville. And so trying to figure out, okay, how can we get something past Vorva? Because now it's 40 minutes of scoreless hockey for Knoxville. Vorva's got a lot of confidence. Knoxville struggling to get shots on goal. The Ice Bears were being outshot 22 to 16 through the first two periods and then really turned it on in the third, where I think Huntsville could argue that it was fortunate not to have lost that game in regulation and with the way that both goalies played, you could make that argument for both sides, but Jared Nash three times got behind the defense, had a breakaway in the first period, just missed the far side post. Then right at the end of the second was able to skate around a defenseman, tried to get right in tight. Vorva denied him on the shot. And then a long bank pass by JB Baker, which was fielded perfectly in the neutral zone by Nash. He was able to get around Nick Calpuzos and buried the puck past Vorva to tie the game, Nash's second goal of the season. I talked about this in the podcast last week. Nash has been really aggressive offensively in these last few games. If you heard the intermission interview that I did with him for last night's contest, he kind of talked about how having that five-game suspension really helped his on-ice game because it allowed him to just observe, be a real student of the game for a couple of weeks. And then when he came back, all he's done in, in these three games back is find ways to get prime real estate in the offensive zone, be in the right place at the right time. And it's led to two goals for him, his first two goals of the season. And it, it, it's been great to see that. And he came up with a game winning goal against Pensacola on new year's day. And he came up with uh, an equalizer on Tuesday night against Huntsville. And for Knoxville, it's great to be able to have guys step up like that because Nash comes in and he's kind of playing on that third line. In some cases, he's that 10th forward. He's not getting a ton of shifts. And then by the time his suspension ends, Dino Balsamo, Andrew Ballant, 
Steven Leonard and Stepan Timofeyev aren't in the lineup anymore. So Nash is able to get some shifts. Balsamo comes back. Nash still has his place in the lineup. And if you remember Andrew Ballant, he's kind of been that guy that's known for finding breakaways, especially when Knoxville's shorthanded and on the penalty kill and just continuing to find ways, as the boys like to say, he's buzzing. Well, Nash has been that guy, in a sense, for Knoxville, finding ways to create space for himself, sneak behind the defense, turning on the acceleration. Nash, and I I don't think we really got to see much of this in Nash's first several games to the same degree. Now that he's getting more ice time, we're really seeing Nash's speed on display for Knoxville. Jeff Carr talked about it over the weekend. He he didn't like how Nash was a little too aggressive at times, kept getting himself caught off sides. Was not the case on Tuesday. Was in good position, was able to time his entries really well. I thought he had controlled aggression in the attacking zone and thought he was really solid overall for Knoxville. Really easily could have had a multi-point night and ultimately gets the one goal, but it's a big one for Knoxville as the Ice Bears get a 2-1 to win over Huntsville. Christian Stead, just unbelievable, had a great kick save late in the first period to keep that game scoreless, and then late in the third period and throughout overtime, a, a couple of backdoor kick saves that I thought that one of those has to go in. Stead somehow keeps them out. He makes a sliding glove save off a really good look in overtime from the right circle by Huntsville, and then goes 5-5 five of five in the shootout. And with the exception of Nutkovich's attempt in the fourth round, Stead had a great read on seemingly every shot. Nutkovich made a nice move to create a little bit of space, but ultimately hit the side of the post. Stead had covered it well. And I I was told by the staff after the game when we got on the bus that Stead actually thought that that puck had gone in because from my angle, I thought Stead made the save because I didn't see the puck go anywhere. And from what I was told after was the puck kind of sat on the side of the goal hit the side of the net, and then just kind of sat back there. But Stead had admitted that he did not get pad. At least he didn't think he did. So his initial thought was that that puck got into the net, and that was really the only close call for for Huntsville in the shootout. Uh, I thought he did a great job at outweighing Jacob Barber on the second attempt, denying Piacentini with that backhand move that worked really well in the Quad City shootout that Huntsville had over the weekend. And then Dylan Riley was really the only shooter that Knoxville hadn't seen before in that type of situation. Instead, read that one as well. He went backhand, instead got him with the blocker. So, Stead goes five for five, and and it's really encouraging to see that for Christian because now he's won his last three shootouts after giving up four of five attempts to Peoria back on December 10th. And so, Knoxville is now six and two in games decided after regulation, three and two in the shootout, including their last three straight, three and zero in games decided in overtime, and now Knoxville has won seven games in a row with a big 3-3 three and three upcoming, two games on the road at Macon, then they return home overnight, and they have to play Evansville at 5 o'clock Sunday afternoon. So the Ice Bears get a 2-1 to win over the Huntsville Havoc. J.B. Baker with a big assist on Jared Nash's goal. Stefan Brucato got the game winner, skated in through the left circle, hesitated, pulled the puck across to the center of the crease, then pulled it back at the last second, was able to get Vorva to bite on it, and slipped the puck past the Huntsville goalie for the only goal of the shootout. So we'll come back. We'll continue to kind of look ahead at this upcoming weekend, three games in three days for Knoxville upcoming. We'll tell you about the upcoming promotion for Sunday's home game, and we'll take a look at the standings and noticing something that 
It's happening for the first time in a while now that Knoxville has won seven in a row for the second time this season. I'm Joel Silverberg. You're listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. In the slot, looking, shot, scores! Whoa, yes, an overtime game winner gives Knoxville a 3-2 win on the road. This presentation of Knoxville Ice Bears Hockey can also be heard while you're on the go via the Field Pass Hockey app. Read articles on your favorite team, view photo galleries, listen to live games and podcasts from across the AHL, ECHL, and SPHL by downloading the app, now available in the Google Play and Apple app stores. Obviously, it is not going to play out this way because we're not even at the halfway point of the season. Last night was Huntsville's 28th game of the year, and Huntsville's played more games than anybody else. So the Havoc are officially the first team in the league to reach the halfway point of the regular season. Knoxville has three games in hand over Huntsville, and that's actually the point that I'm wanting to bring up. Knoxville is six games back of the Havoc and now has three games in hand over Huntsville. So you do the quick math, Knoxville could theoretically catch up to Huntsville if it were to win its next three games that it has in hand over the Havoc. Obviously, Huntsville is going to continue to play games. Knoxville is going to continue to play games. It's not going to be a three and three where Knoxville catches up this weekend. Huntsville does have games, uh, a game this upcoming Friday. They'll be in action this weekend as well. So for Knoxville, though, theoretically, it controls its own destiny. And for a long time, no team could claim that because Huntsville had pulled so far ahead of everybody else. And and Knoxville and Quad City have tried to kind of hang around there a little bit. Quad City has lost six of its last 10 games. Four of those games have been in overtime, but after getting swept by Huntsville over the weekend, now Knoxville's got two wins in a row over Huntsville. And and Quad City has kind of not really taken a step back, but they've kind of been picking up points at a slower pace since they've had more overtime losses, uh, or as many overtime losses really as... Uh, regulation wins uh, that they've had. So for Quad City, sitting back at 38 points through 26 games, so Knoxville has a game in hand over the Storm and a four-point lead. So a a bit of a cushion there. Obviously, so much hockey left to be played, but a bit of a cushion for second place in the standings. And now Knoxville kind of controls where it can go as far as the race for first place is concerned. Knoxville has those three games in hand over Huntsville, They also have two more home games against the Havoc. Knoxville does not go to Huntsville again for the rest of this season. Uh, They're scheduled to play six regular season games, three in Huntsville, three in Knoxville. Huntsville won the only game played at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum so far. That was back on Halloween. Knoxville takes two of three with with a shootout loss in the three games in Huntsville this year. So the top team in the league, Knoxville got five of six possible points in three road games against the Havoc this season. So all in all, pretty good. Will these teams meet in the postseason? Only time will tell. But right now, the race for number one appears to be starting to shape into a two-horse race again. Lots of teams hit slides. Lots of teams get on hot streaks. There is so much hockey left to be played. Quad City and Fayetteville are certainly not out of it. Peoria has only played 22 games, and they've won eight of their last 10. And you've got Roanoke that has been scrappy. They've they've got points in eight of their last 10. They're 7-2-1 and one with a shootout loss coming to Knoxville. So a handful of teams playing really good hockey right now. And so you certainly don't want to count anybody out. And let's see how the second half of the season plays out, especially with you know the, the college class, the graduating class coming out, especially with that extra year of eligibility. As players start to filter in through the AHL and the ECHL a little bit more, do we st- see players start? Uh, getting sent back down 
could that be the case uh, that that alters some lineups across the course of the league, not just Knoxville? So a lot of factors going into that, but at least it is not a matter of, oh, well, Huntsville's just pulled so far ahead of everybody. It's really a matter of a race for second place. That is not the case anymore. Knoxville hasn't given up on that. They've won seven in a row, and they've got three games coming up this weekend. And so looking at the rest of the SPHL standings, so to recap, Huntsville, 48 points through 28 games. Knoxville, 42 points through 25 games. The Ice Bears also become the second team in the league to reach the 20-win mark. Uh, Nobody else has more than 17. Fayetteville is in fourth place behind Quad City. Fayetteville, 35 points through 25 games. uh, And they've also won their last three. So the Mark's been playing pretty good hockey right now. They they went through a stretch in late November, early December, where they had a number of guys that were on the IR. They're starting to get healthy and starting to play really good hockey again. It helps when you've got somebody that can back up Jason Pulaski, a pretty good goalie in uh, Stefano Durante, and he's done really well for Fayetteville so far this season. Peoria is in fifth place. Again, games in hand over everybody. Peoria and Vermilion County have played 22 games each. That is the lowest uh, by far in the league. Everybody else has played 24 or more. So Peoria has got at least three games in hand over each of the four teams in front of the Rivermen. They've got 30 points through 22 games. Also with 30 points, Roanoke and Pensacola. Roanoke in 24 games, Pensacola in 27. So the Ice Flyers, the defending champs, sitting in 7th place right now. Evansville is in 8th. They are 13-12 and on the season. No overtime or shootout losses. They've got 26 points on the year. Evansville is the only team in the SPHL without a loss after regulation. Uh, Birmingham back with 12 points in ninth place, Vermilion County, eight points in 10th place, and then Macon seven points, uh, in last in the league and would remind everybody, you know, despite that two of Knoxville's three games against Macon have not come easily. I know there was the nine, nothing win in mid November down at the Macon centerplex, but the two games that those two teams have played at the civic Coliseum was tied at one going into the third period. And then Macon had a three to one lead, before Knoxville finally woke up and then erupted for four goals in a three and a half minute span. So the mayhem uh, have given Knoxville trouble for stretches of time, but uh, ultimately it, it's still two road games that you have to treat like any other. And Knoxville is going to try to go pick up four points and two nights on the road over the mayhem before coming home to take on Evansville. And the last time Knoxville faced Evansville was uh, in mid November as well. It was actually the day before that nine, nothing Macon win and it was a tie game at one. Andrew Ballant got a game winner. Knoxville added an empty netter, and it was a three-to-one game, but it was a hotly contested, low-scoring affair for the majority of that evening out at the Ford Center. So I want to just remind everybody that it's been anywhere across the board. Just about every team has given Knoxville some trouble. Knoxville and Quad City have not played yet. But for Million County, Knoxville's had a rally against the Bobcats the one time they went to Danville. Macon, as we mentioned, two tough games that they've handed Knoxville. Birmingham, scoreless through two periods the last time those two teams played uh, back in Knoxville. Uh, I guess it was the day after Thanksgiving before Knoxville ultimately won two to nothing. And obviously, the everybody remembers the overtime winner where Knoxville had to score with six seconds left. Uh, Just to get out of Birmingham with a win on the second game of the season back on October 22nd. Evansville, low-scoring game in the third period back at the Ford Center. Pensacola, Knoxville had to win in a shootout 
the first time those two teams played this season. Roanoke, Knoxville's had to rally against the Rail Yard Dogs. They've won in overtime and in a shootout. So Knoxville actually hasn't beaten Roanoke in regulation yet. Peoria's beaten Knoxville both the times that they've played. Fayetteville uh, has beaten Knoxville once already this season. And Knoxville's had to rally uh, the first time they met. Knoxville was down by two, had to rally to win that game in the third period. And Huntsville obviously has a couple of wins over Knoxville as well. So every team across the standings has given Knoxville trouble. And, and that just goes for any team, any matchup at any point in the season. I mean, Vermilion County has a win over Quad City this season. So it can happen to anybody at any given time. And it really goes to show the parity that is in the league. Vermilion County is playing better. I, I think Nick Nieder came in after the season had started. Mike Watt resigned after the season had gotten underway and he's made some moves and he's gotten that team to fight. They're more competitive. They're more scrappy. Uh, let's see what Macon is doing. It seems like they've played better hockey in the last month and a half or so compared to what they were doing through the first two months of the season. So let's see what happens when Knoxville goes down to Macon on Friday and Saturday. Friday's game is at 730. Uh, Saturday's game is at 630. And then another reminder, since We've had different start times for different Sunday games this season. This Sunday's game against Evansville is at 5 o'clock. It's a 5 o'clock puck drop, uh, which means the doors will be opening a little before 4 o'clock for season ticket holders and members. Uh, so Jeff Carr will have a coaches chat with the fans uh, before warm-ups get started. And then, of course, you can hear all the coverage on Hockey TV, SPHLTV.com, and MixLR.com slash Knoxville Ice Bears. Uh, since Huntsville does not have uh, broadcast capabilities right now to stream both home and away audio, we were only on MixLR.com on Tuesday night. want to give a shout-out because the listenership was significantly high for that game against Huntsville on Tuesday. And so I want to thank you, the fans and the listeners, for taking the time to join me on the broadcast last night. I hope you all enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed calling it. And what a fantastic game to have that happen for as well with Christian Stead with an outstanding performance. You've got the tying goal by Nash, another comeback win for Knoxville. It happens in a shootout. The captain gets the game-winning goal again, and it's just a really great moment for Knoxville in the season. Still a lot of hockey left to be played, but that's a great way to to punctuate the end of the uh, first half of the season as we wrap that up this upcoming Sunday. Also, this Sunday is the annual baby races, so be sure to sign up and register your child for the races this Sunday, you need at least two adults per child because you need somebody at the starting line. You need somebody at the finish line. So keep that in mind. Uh, that does not include ticket to a game. So tickets can be purchased on our website, KnoxvilleIceBears.com, as well as by calling the ticket office at 525-7825. And then you can sign up for the baby races at our website as well. If you're on Instagram, it's actually just the link in our bio. You click on that link. Instagram at Knoxville Ice Bears. Click on the link in our bio. It'll take you right to the registration page and you'll be good to go. So the baby race is coming up this Sunday at five o'clock. Very excited as we bring back the baby races yet again to the Knoxville Civic Coliseum. We hope to see everybody there. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you again for listening to this edition of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. They've got writers and photographers that cover all aspects of minor league hockey, SPHL, ECHL, AHL, live game broadcast, photo galleries, articles, columns. Don't forget to check out the Inside the SPHL podcast with my guy James Hayes. Uh, does a fantastic job covering the SPHL. Great all-around league coverage for the Southern Professional Hockey League. Does a great job 
covering obviously Birmingham where he's based, but covering the entire league as well. Uh, I've had a pleasure of going on there and joining that podcast. Always a blast to, to get to do that with James. Looking forward to doing it again, hopefully sometime in the near future. But again, that's Field Pass Hockey, fieldpasshockey.com, and the Field Pass Hockey mobile app available on the App Store and Google Play for free. Again, if you're listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to hit the five-star rating, leave a review, hit that subscribe button, follow us on Spotify, catch us on Google Podcasts, and be sure to tell a hockey fan you know about the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. I'm Joel Silverberg. We'll see you on Friday in Macon. Again, road game viewing party at Union Place Bar and Grill on Chambliss Avenue in Bearden. You can watch all the action there on their 160-inch video monitor. I'll have the call for you on Hockey TV and MixLR.com. Until then, we'll have three games between our next episode And we appreciate you listening to this edition of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey.